Hi, listeners, and welcome to the True Crime Weekly Podcast, a podcast that is based in San Diego and hosted by me, Alina Trujillo, and my producer, Jose Fernandez. This is a podcast where I will be bringing you stories of murders, infamous cases, and unsolved mysteries. This is the story of Abigail Williams and Liberty Germain, the Delphi murders. On February 13, 2017, 17-year-old Kelsey Germain dropped off her sister, 14-year-old Liberty Germain, and her friend at the Delphi Historic Trails in Indiana for a hike. On that Monday afternoon, Kelsey dropped off the girls at the trails at around 1.35 p.m. before she headed over to her boyfriend's house. Abigail and Liberty were hiking on the Monon High Bridge over Deer Creek among Whitland and remote Deer Creek Township at 2.07 p.m. Liberty had posted a photo of Abigail walking the bridge. And, okay, Jose, so let me just describe the hiking trail to you and the bridge because I believe this is important for people to understand, okay? Okay. So the path on the trail is about... Two people wide and covered with trees. Okay. So the trail leads to an 850 foot long abandoned wooden railroad bridge. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the bridge is falling apart. It's old. Some of the tracks are missing and the wood is rotten. So you have to watch your step so that the wood doesn't break beneath you as you step on it. Okay. And what does that lead to beneath you? Is, Is it high? It, yes, it's really high, and there's water underneath. Oh, okay. That so, sounds kind of scary. Yeah, which I think some of the thrill in walking across the bridge is, you know, that the bridge doesn't have any railings as well, so you have nothing to hold on to. Oh, man, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, so I think it is. It's terrifying. You know, I'm terrified of heights, but I think that's part of the thrill, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. So the girls were on the bridge to take Snapchat pictures. And at 2.07, Liberty posted a picture of Abigail walking the bridge. And that's when they encountered a man. So the girls were supposed to get picked up from the trail by Liberty's father at 3.15 p.m. But the girls never showed up. So the families initially searched for the girls themselves before calling the police at around 5.30 p.m. Yeah, I mean, that sounds probably normal, I think, what normally people would do. Yes. No, I agree 100%. So the Carroll County Sheriff's Department tried to ping the girls' cell phones, but they were unable to as the phones had probably been turned off or they seemed oh, no. to have run out of battery. Yeah. The Carroll County Sheriff's Department, along with the family of both of the girls and other volunteers, quickly searched the area. But then, right before midnight, the Carroll County Sheriff's Department called off the search. That's got to be devastating. Yes. Because it's almost like, you know that they can still be out there. And at midnight, like, you don't want your child to be spending the night out in the dark, potentially lost or whatever. You know, you never know what, what could have happened at that point. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And... You know, it has to be hard as a parent, like how you said, you know, like if you know that your son or daughter is out there, you're going to not want to call off the search. You're going to want to keep on searching. You're going to search night and day for them, you know? Absolutely. So the following day on February 14th, 2017, at around 10 a.m., the search for Liberty and Abigail resumed at around noon. The Delphi fire chief announced crews had found Abigail and Liberty. 
Oh, no. On February 15, 2017, Indiana State Police released a photo of a man they believe was on the trail at the same time the girls were, and they named the man in the photo as a prime suspect. And we're going to go ahead and post this picture and the audio in our website and onto our Instagram. But it's amazing the fact that the girls, you know, obviously... This didn't happen that long ago. This was in 2017. Right. And there was cell phones. And luckily, these girls were smart enough to take a picture of this man. There was something about this man that creeped them out or, you know, just rubbed them the wrong way for whatever reason. I don't know what reason that was, but they snapped a picture. Yeah. And that's and they got audio. And so they, they got I'm audio. I'm assuming that's based right. on a video they took or whatever. Yes. Which mm-hmm. is, yeah, and that's definitely a smart thing to do. Right. So then on February 23rd, 2017, the FBI and Indiana State Police released audio taken from Liberty's cell phone on the day the girls were murdered, which is the same audio that we played in the beginning of this episode. So when I was doing my research, I actually found something I hadn't heard before. Really? And yeah, and I'll let you know what that is right after this commercial break. That was fantastic, Jose. You want to know what I just did? What'd you do? I just tried. I opened up, and you don't get any. I opened up the new wine that I received from Wine of the Month Club. So do you, Jose, want to treat yourself or someone special to great wines month after month? I would love to. Well, now you can with Wine of the Month Club. With Wine of the Month Club, you get three different bottles of rare international wine every month. You get to choose from all red, all white, or mixed. You can also choose to do a package every two months or three months if that's a better option for you. And every package ships with their monthly newsletter covering your selections and our listener favorites. Fun facts! We are a proud affiliate, which means if you go to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com, forward slash support the show and click on the wine of the club month link and sign up we will earn a commission you can support the show and get wine delivered to your door by using promo code holiday 15 to get 15 dollars off any four month club or you can use promo code holiday 20 for 20 dollars off any six months club which sounds like a win-win to me you get to stay home during this covid19 pandemic quarantine by yourself and your wines. And they ship free. What? Hey, Jose. So you know that during this pandemic, it could even be scary to go to the grocery store sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can save yourself that trip using Instacart. Instacart delivers groceries in as fast as one hour. Instacart highlights deals to help you save money. They find everything you usually buy. You can get smart suggestions for new items. They even pick the freshest produce and they keep your eggs safe too. We are a proud affiliate of Instacart. So head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show and click their link. Okay, so apparently on September 28, 2017, a Colorado Sheriff's Department contacted Indiana State Police about similarities in a different case that seemed to match up the case there in Delphi. Really? Yeah, so I didn't hear about this, and I don't know if you did, but we did see a documentary together on this, 
And I don't think they mentioned this part, but apparently yeah, there this, was... this is definitely news to me. Right? So, okay, apparently there was this guy named Daniel Nations, and he was officially declared a person of interest. So, Indiana investigators traveled to Colorado to interview Daniel Nations to see if he had any connection to the Delphi case. But... Unfortunately, after interviewing Daniel, they held a press conference stating, and I quote, as you all know, we went out to Colorado and we spent a little bit of time with Daniel Nations, and he's not a person we care a whole lot about this time. And until somebody is arrested, we're interested in almost everybody, end quote. Hmm. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Any details to why? Why they had interest in this guy? Did he like meet the? No, I couldn't find. I couldn't find that. No, mm -mm, Mm. no. So two years had passed, and by February 13, 2019, the Indiana State Police held a news conference to keep the case fresh in people's minds and ask for tips in the case. So two months after the news conference, police released a new sketch and a new video of the suspect walking, and they asked for the public's help once again. So they asked for people to pay attention to how the man in the video is walking and what he's wearing to see if maybe he had similarities to someone that the public might know. Mm -hmm. And Jose, let me go back to me describing that bridge to you, okay? So you've seen this video and based on the video, the way that he's walking, I feel like the guy is very familiar with the area. Okay, so the bridge was an abandoned railroad bridge that was pretty high off the ground and some of the wood was broken or rotten. And remember how I said that there was no railings? Right. But in the video, you see this man walking with his hands in his pocket. And to me, it just looks like a man walking a path he has probably walked many times before. Okay? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying because... When I saw that video, and I, you know, I haven't really linked that together with how quickly he was walking, but it's true. If you look at mm-hmm. the bridge, one, it is very, very high. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it'll yeah. make, make you like kind of panic type of high, even if right. you're not afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and on top of that, there are big gaps in between each railroad tie, mm-hmm. and it is in really bad shape. Yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. I know I would have probably been walking a lot slower. And I would have probably be trying to keep my balance since I'm assuming if they're like how you're saying pieces of the bridge missing. I'm assuming you kind of have to like, you know, hop over like a step or two. Yeah, absolutely. To do that with my hands in my pocket. I mean, to me, I don't know the I tend to fall over nothing. But to me, like, I wouldn't just have my hands in my pocket as I'm trying to hop over, like, a step or two where that's not there. You know what I mean? Like, I'd probably have my arms out to my sides, like, trying to keep my balance. Yeah, or just in case you trip, at least. I mean, it's true. What you're saying is absolutely true. This guy had to have walked that bridge before. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, to me... If this man is walking this calm with his hands in his pocket, this leads me to believe that this might be a local or someone who's very familiar with the trail. So let me just tell you, at the end of the bridge, 
The trail ends because it has been taken over by trees and brush. So once you cross the bridge, you have to turn back and cross it again since there's there's really nowhere else for you to go so it's once like, you reach that end. Yeah, so that's it. It's like a, when, when you go in, you have to come back the same way to get out, right? Right. So this is my theory. This is what I believe, and I've watched this video before, and I've heard the audio. So... I believe that this man had to have known that. So again, I feel like he's very familiar with this trail. I feel like he knew that the girls had nowhere to go once they would cross that bridge. So I almost feel like he used that to corner them. Yeah, to his advantage, almost trap them, right? Right. So and this is just my opinion on how I see the video and when I hear the audio. And I could be completely wrong, but that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree. That absolutely makes complete sense. Right. And it's kind of difficult because I can't imagine it's a very big town, mm-hmm. right? So, one, you have a picture of this guy. Mm-hmm. You have a somewhat distorted audio, but you can hear it. You can make out mm-hmm. what he's saying and his voice. Mm-hmm. But still nothing? Like, we still haven't been able to catch this guy yet? Right. Well... So it's been four years since the murders of Abigail and Liberty and no arrests have been made, which I would have thought that this case would have been solved right away. Um, Just how you're saying, I feel with the audio and the video that they have on hand, I find it hard to believe that no one has seen this man before. And I do know that there is more to the video that police haven't released. So maybe there is more evidence. But I also know that investigators also found DNA. So I feel like the potential to solve the case is there. And maybe, I don't know, maybe a new pair of eyes can help solve the case. I just don't understand how this case can go unsolved. You know, you have literally the picture of a man. You have his voice. You have a video of him walking. You have DNA. To me, it's just... How is this case still open? Yeah. I mean, this has to be just a matter of time. It's right. just surprising that it hasn't happened yet. Yes, But it this is. guy will get caught. I oh, mean, yeah. to me, just, there's no way that he can't. Right. So Indiana State Police haven't come up with a name at this point, but they've released a new sketch of the girl's killer. And they believe the man is between the age range of 18 to 40 and may appear younger than he actually is. So the man could stand about five foot six to five foot ten tall and may weigh about 180 to 200 pounds. So he likely has reddish brown hair and police believe the suspect currently lives in Delphi, Indiana or has ties to the area. Authorities are still vigorously working on the case and Indiana State Police want to remind the public that investigators are seeking additional information but not amateur investigative theories. So the Indiana State Police Department are still asking for more information. So if anybody out there Like I said, we're going to be posting the video, the pictures, and the audio of this man. If anybody has any information, please contact the Indiana State Police Department. Absolutely. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you're not in Indiana. This guy could travel. You never know. Oh, right. Yeah. He could have been a transient. We don't know. Yeah. We have listeners all over the United States, different places of the world. You never know. Yes. Take a look. Please Please take a look. Just because it's not Indiana doesn't mean 
that you can't potentially help. Right. Let me just tell you, like I said, this case is just, it's so frustrating to me because I feel like the potential's there and I don't understand why it hasn't been solved. Right. Right. But here's the thing about this podcast and why I started it. Okay. I went to school for forensics, not because I was interested in the killers, but I was actually drawn to forensics because I wanted to help bring closure to the families of the victims. But when I started interviewing for internships and interning, I was pregnant at that time. Okay. And I saw a lot of things that became overwhelming to me just because I'm sorry, but the pregnancy hormones to me were way too real. You know, I was way too emotional about everything. So when I started this podcast, I said I wanted to do it to get the victim story out there. I didn't want to do a podcast that idolized serial killers, rapists, or even idolized the crime scene. I wanted to steer away from that. I wanted to share with the people the victim's story. I wanted to tell people who that person was, who they would have been if their lives wouldn't have ended in such a tragic way. And I still want to help bring closure to those families if they didn't get one. And that's one of the many reasons, like I said, why the Delphi murders make me very sad. Most people that may not be into true crime, they might know or they might have heard of the Delphi murders, but do they know Abigail and Liberty? Those two innocent girls that their life was taken from them way too short because of a monster that's still out there. And every documentary I have seen has been about the man on the bridge, the voice and the audio. And I understand that it's because everyone is trying to catch him. But let's not take away who Abigail and Liberty were. They were more than just two girls in the Delphi murders. They had lives. They had goals in life. They had dreams. What were they? And that's what I want to bring to my podcast. I want to share who they were because the way that victims were taken from this world doesn't make who they were. It's a part of their story. Sure. And like I've said in the past, every life matters. And it doesn't matter the color of your skin or if you're a sex worker or an addict. At the end of the day, everyone has someone that loves them and cares for them. And they all deserve to know what happened to their loved ones. The victim also deserves that justice and justice for their lives being cut way too short. And yes, I get it. Justice starts when the monsters are caught. And in Abigail and Liberty's case, the monster that took them hasn't been caught. And we should be doing everything we can to catch this monster because both of their families deserve to know what happened to them. But at the end of the day, that doesn't change who Abigail and Liberty were. And we need to strive to tell their story first. Abigail Williams was an eighth grader at Delphi Community Middle School, where she played saxophone in the school band and was on the volleyball team. She had attended several area churches with her family. She enjoyed reading and had a big reading counts number in her language arts class. She loved to camp and swim and loved being outdoors. She liked riding ATVs with her family on camping trips to Michigan. She loved all animals, especially her cat, Bongo. She enjoyed photography and art, drawing and creating little masterpieces that decorate her mother's home. 
She and her good friend Libby were excited and looking forward to planning their next four years of school together. Liberty Jermaine was 14 years old and an eighth grader in Delphi Community Middle School. She was involved in several school and recreational sports, including softball, soccer, volleyball, and swimming. She loved art, photography, and playing the saxophone in the school band. Her free time was spent going on adventures with her older sister, spending time doing family activities, and hanging with her many friends. She loved going to Florida on school breaks and trying new things. Libby and Abby were excited to start their adventure of high school together, and she was going to compete against her sister on the swim team before her life was taken away. And both Liberty and Abigail had plans to play softball before they were murdered. And Abigail's grandfather even took her shopping for a brand new bat, glove, and shoes the weekend before the tragedy. And Abigail never got to use those items. That's so sad. I know. But because of her, other little girls and boys will now have a beautiful new location to play ball. The families of both the girls have been working so hard over the past few years to bring the Abby and Libby Memorial Park to life. So we're going to play the clip one more time and I ask all of you to just carefully listen to this voice, really pay attention to it and see if it sparks anything. We ask that anybody that may have any information to contact Carroll County Sheriff's Office with that information. Let's help and bring closure to both of these families. Both of these families deserve to know what happened to their little girls. All we know is that a man lured them down a hill and murdered them. We don't know how. They don't know exactly what happened to them. All they know is that their little girls were taken away from them. So let's help and bring these families justice. Let's bring this man into custody. If you want to look at pictures and want more information on the cases we cover, you can head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Podcast True Crime Weekly. And please don't forget to support the show by going to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show. And I would truly love it and appreciate it if you will leave a five-star review and subscribe onto Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. The only way people find out about us is through subscribers and reviews. Thanks for listening.